3: Well, it's Tuesday on this show, and we got a lot to talk about. Tomorrow is AEW Grand Slam, Arthur Ashe, in which they may break their all-time gate record. We'll talk about that show here today. We have also got Raw from last night, which was there. I can't say it was a great show. There was something stupid on the show, but in general, it wasn't a stupid show. It was just a long show with some long matches, and uh, some of them were good, and they're slowly building up to pay-per-view. It's a very simple show. It's actually very much, uh, in some ways, as it should be, I guess, because same guy. It's kind of the way that uh, Triple H used to book NXT. Just some stuff happens every week, you slowly build up to shows, and then you try to have blow-away pay-per-views. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but got to talk about chin locks after the break. Because it's a thing, apparently. Should mention a lot of other news, including this. Battery and trespassing charges against Patrick Clark, the former Velveteen Dream, may have been dropped. Clark was arrested August 20th after allegedly punching an employee of the Club Orlando Fitness Center. He was scheduled to appear in court September 28th. But according to a report from PW Insider, court records indicate the date has been canceled. No other court date for the case is listed, which could mean the charges have been dropped. According to police documents obtained by TMZ, Clark became irate and argumentative with a gym employee after he was asked to leave an area of the fitness center that was closed for cleaning. He is alleged to have made death threats toward the employee before punching him in the face. And allegedly there was also biting, which apparently is the... What's up with all this biting? Through his attorney, Clark submitted a written plea of not guilty to the charges. He was arrested for violation of his parole on August 26th. That is the latest update on patrick clark battery and trespassing charges might have been dropped so when we come back from the break we had a lot to talk about here today if you want to text us 425-780-7566 brian at wrestlingobserver.com at brian alvarez on twitter super follower as well on twitter back in a moment observer live
1: Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Coligard is right for you. Or visit coligard.com.
3: I'm in.
4: I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message
1: That's 800-817-2968.
0: Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. I have a moment here, Mike, at the beginning. Sure. I always have a moment at the beginning. So last time watching Raw, and Austin theory is doing this match with Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens is, uh, he's awesome. He's great in this match. And they do some near falls at the end, and they do some cool stuff, and the crowd gets into it, and then they they go to their finish and everything. But uh, prior to that, prior to that, I'm watching this match, and uh, awesome Theory is just putting on one chin lock after another. And this match is so... I mean, he just works like it's 1998 WWF, the most generic vanilla... I'm going to put you in a chin lock. Uh, you're gonna fi- I'm going to put you back in the chin lock. I'm going to put you back. In- and I'm so bored. And so I, I, of course, tweet out that, you know, Vince is gone. We can stop laying on the mat and chin locks now. And, uh, you know, I, of course, put that on my public Twitter. And uh, it's off to the races. So then we get the guy this morning that goes, well, they need a rest. <laughs> it's like, okay, first off. I also tweeted that because there was chin locks in about four matches on Raw last night, including in like a six-person or whatever, whatever that tag match was. It's like, bro, you don't need to rest in a tag team match. You either, you can have good cardio, you can have good pacing, you can make a tag, whatever. Like, trust me, Rey Mysterio can work a tag team match, and he's not going to need to rest in the middle of the match. So then, uh, Dustin Rhodes comments, and he says, as long as... We all have pro wrestling. The audience wants to be told a story. Chin locks, when used right, give the audience time to get behind the babyface. It's not go zero to one hundred the whole match. Got to let things breathe. There needs to be moments to get the story across. And so then all day today, you know, everyone's adding Dustin Rhodes at Dustin at Dustin. You know, you know how they do that. Oh, I want I want to make sure this guy sees it so he gets mad. Here's the deal. Dustin is absolutely right. And we don't even disagree. Another guy another guy uh, found a shot of me putting Jungle Boy in a chin lock. He goes, oh, bro! I got me. Listen. First off, in my defense, I was uh, working his back. I had my knee in his spine after working his back for the whole heat. So it actually made sense in the context of that. But that's beside the point. Dustin is absolutely right. You do want something to get the fans behind the babyface, okay? My point is, if you're doing a match, there's a lot of ways to get the fans behind the babyface. You guys ever see the walls of Jericho? You guys ever see the yes lock? You guys ever see the figure four leg lock? You guys ever see whatever, one of a thousand holds? If you want to get the fans, exactly as Dustin says here, behind the baby face by putting them in a hold that they then fight out of, at the very least, can you pick a hold that plays into the story of your match? How did you get the heat? Did you you send the guy back first into the post? Did you uh, throw him shoulder first into the post? You're working over his shoulder, but then you lay on the mat in a headlock. Bro... There were chin locks in like four matches on this show And they're just laying there on the mat And Austin Theory, by the way, is the worst offender And uh ironically, you know who used to do the chin lock all the time in his matches Was actually when he first started on the main roster It was Kevin Owens Because it was like a thing that, you know, you do on the indies You lay in the headlock, people get mad The guy fights back and everything like that But what happened was And I've never talked to him about this But, you know, he doesn't do the chin locks anymore I think he found out this ain't working on the main roster. It's boring, people. And so now he doesn't lay on the mat in a chin lock anymore. So anyway, if and someone noted here, Okada. Dude, Okada's finish is a rainmaker. If you want to work a guy's neck because you're going to hit him with a rainmaker, fine. But doing your generic er, late 90s match where nothing is all that spectacular and you're going to go just chin-lock, chin-lock. Bro, I'm bored. I don't want to hear an argument that it's cool, stand up for WWE. Trust me. There's other things that Austin Theory can do. There's other things that everybody can do. I don't need dudes laying in a chin-lock, a generic chin-lock that has nothing to do with anything four times on one show. And I haven't haven't even started on Outside Interference. I'm not even going to bother. I hope we're all on the same page about how much outsider interference there is in pro wrestling nowadays. It's too much. Right? Right? Oh, don't tell it, me you're yes. pro chin lock. Uh, I would never put a chin there- lock on you because you got a big, thick beard. What good is that going to do? Nothing.
4: I need to attack something else. You're. Oh, I wasn't ready for this. I figured if you were going to go after anything, it would be the line of constant interference finishes. But uh, I think we're lots. all on the same page sure. about that one. You sure? Why don't you tell everybody about that? Just because you can get all of this out of your system here in the next three and a half minutes. I mean, I can if you want to. Probably should, bro. You might as well get it, listen,
3: I get it n- out. I do. I do not want to hear. Yeah, but AEW. Okay, Mike actually made a great point. His first great point of the year yesterday in the show, when he said, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if someone does something wrong somewhere else. You don't have to do it wrong, okay? Bro, outside interference, outside interference, outside interference, outside interference. Outs every single match, with one exception on Raw. Outside interference leading to the finish. I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but lately these WWE shows, not a lot of heat for the matches until the end, Okay. Well, it's only going to get worse. You're going to have that thing that happened in WCW where every match, the people sit there on their hands, and then they start doing near falls, and everyone starts looking in the back. Who's running in? Is that what you want? Because we're on our way to that, because every single match has outside interference. There has to be another way to do finishes. And you know what the other problem is when every single match has a finish due to outside interference? Well, then someone actually loses clean, and then you have to hear about how they're being buried. They're being buried. They're being buried. You want that? No. So can we ease up on the outside interference? Am I, am I out of line for asking for that? And now I don't want to hear they do an AW. I know they do an AW. I'd like it less in AW as well. I'd like it less everywhere. I'm sick of outside
4: interference. It's too much of a lazy out. And, and look, these things have been going on for... Since as long as there has been worked wrestling matches... There have been, you know, issues over how you finish matches and the Kevin Sullivan, It's This is always brought up because Kevin Sullivan is still around and he has been doing interviews forever, but he goes back to Eddie Graham working in Florida. You know, Eddie Graham is one of the geniuses, one of the trees that so many people have been influenced by and fell off of and passed their knowledge on to other people. Dusty Rhodes, Bill Watts, no matter who it is. But there's a story about him going down Kevin Sullivan watching film of of Eddie Graham and he's watching matches, and it's like the territory's on fire, everything's going great, but there's a ref bump in every single match you know, so like and again, it's a it's just one example, but it's an example that it can happen to anybody, no matter how smart you are, you fall into these traps and into these things that you're doing and you can't get back out of them again. You need to be jarred from that. And and that is the way it's going right now. It's certainly when it comes to WWE, it's such an, an obvious thing that it's like, okay, how is this going to end? It's okay to have wins and losses clean. It's okay to have the heel doing something shady. But all of the interference or interference by music, in the case of Riddle last night, you know, again, it's a it's a booking trope that gets overused, it gets overdone. Sometimes it's honest. But then you fall into that trap, and when you're told, get out of that trap, and you continue not to, you know, you're, you're going to get reactions. So I wish they would change it. I hope they change it. I hope it changes soon, because God knows we don't need to open another show. We view this angry about all this sort of stuff. Now, some of you there was no heat during that Riddle-Lashley match. Well, why would there be?
3: Everyone on Wrong. the planet knew Rollins that Riddle was going to come out and cost Rollins the match. You knew there would be outside interference. So you sat there and you just waited for it. And they gave it to you. And when you start doing it in every single match, why would you have heat during the match? Because everyone's just going to sit there and wait for the guy to run in. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Live.
1: That's 800-943-2153.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Everyone's doing press for tomorrow's AEW show at Arthur Ashe. Swerve Strickland told Rene Paquette his first few months in AEW erased his memory of the last three years he spent in WWE. For that first year, I felt like I was just a good hand to have. That's also what built up a lot of the resentment. It's starting to build a little bit because I put over the Leo Rushes, I put over Cameron Grimes, I put over Santos Escobar, Bronson Reed, Austin Theories. Just kept putting these guys over. Had a couple conversations with Hunter. I'm like, what am I going to be your guy? What is it going to take for me to be your guy? I had three conversations with him. I'll never forget them. I always pushed the envelope for him. I even texted him one day. I said, can I have a conversation with you? He said, is it anything you can talk to Matt Bloom about? I would stare holes in him all day at production. I wanted him to feel the heat that I was glaring on him. Finally, when we did have a conversation, I said, was your hesitation putting the ball in my hands? He gave me the answers. It kind of felt like they were rep- uh, repetitious answers from this person asking them this person asking him and the one before so he uh left and uh now he's an aw and at the moment he's one half of the tag team champions but we'll see what happens there tony khan said that hype for grand slam the northeast region of the u.s is the real crown jewel we're running a lot of great shows around the northeast so many great wrestling markets and one geographic reason. I'll say it. The crown jewel of wrestling markets. The real crown jewel of wrestling markets. Not some BS overseas in Saudi Arabia. The real crown jewel, New York City, is where you want to be. Which was funny because I heard people in WWE really angry about the line that he made about Saudi Arabia. But he actually says the real crown jewel is New York. That's WWE. That's their territory. And then Hook uh, saying that Taz told him when he was young that he wanted him to be anything but a pro wrestler. And now here he is, a pro wrestler. And it'll be uh, him and Action Bronson facing Daddy Magic and uh, Cool Hand Ange tomorrow on the show. You there, Mike? Mike appears to be having an issue. Huh? There
4: you are. There we go. Now it's back. What happened? Oh, <laughs> uh, just suddenly cut out there when you were talking about Tony Khan and people upset in WWE about whatever line he had about Saudi Arabia and whatnot. But just back to swerve for a second. Some guys just aren't your biggest fan. No matter how talented you are, you see this in sports all the time. You see it in, you're probably at your job all the time. Somebody that may be well-qualified, but for whatever reason, the person that is going to give them the raise or has the authority to do something with them. They don't, for whatever reason, because they rock with somebody else. And Triple H has had his guys that other people in WWE probably have not looked so highly on. Johnny Gargano being one of them, and you see where he's at right now on the main roster. I thought Swerve would be one of those guys. And maybe, look, and we haven't heard WWE side of that story, Triple H's side of that story, could be completely different, and his attitude could be completely different from how Swerve is actually putting it out there, but the Swerve and Santos Escobar matches, I was really hoping for a series of those. That didn't end up happening. We only got one, I believe, and then he was up on the main roster with Hit Row, and obviously that didn't last very long, and all of them were gone, so... He seems to be in a much better position now than he could have been with WWE. I don't know if he's, you know, if he intends that to be sour grapes or not. I'm sure some people want it to be, but, you know, whatever. I'm sure we'll hear something out of WWE side. When it comes to Tony Khan and putting down anything or saying anything at all about Saudi Arabia and hyping up New York, What else do you expect him to do? Of course he's going to do that, and as well he should. He's got a gigantic show coming up that still has tickets available, a lot of tickets available, in fact, and they already have a million-dollar gate out of that. So imagine if they can go ahead and keep pumping things up in the next couple of days and they can get that number up even more. It's just going to be even more of a success. So it's a big show for them and for Swerve. It's going to be a big night as well, teaming up with Keith Lee against the Acclaim. So some fits aren't great for everybody. We've talked about people that, you know, when people were outraged about how could Kevin Owens stay, how could Johnny stay, how could this person stay, because it's a better fit for them. And that's okay. And Swerve being out of WWE and being elsewhere seems to be the best fit for them, for him. Some of the text
3: messages here. This person says, there's too much good wrestling these days for me to sit and watch a three-minute rest hold
4: in a seven-minute match. I agree. So, okay, so what do he doesn't watch wrestling at all then? I mean, I get it, but it's like, what, are you just not going to watch wrestling anymore? You can predict that life is too short. So no, if but you got a minute and a half through that, that rest hold, you're not sure how long it's going to go, but you've seen enough? I mean, I get this well, sort of thing, but I mean, come on. Hey, here's the point. I know that when <laughs> I watch... Sure they had a point. Listen, I know when I watch an
3: Austin Theory match that there's going to be a three-minute chin lock. So if I don't do this for a living, I can skip his matches. Right. I'll get five bucks for the first person to find the last Austin Theory match without a long chin lock. Five bucks, first person. You won't find it because that's his, his gimmick now is to do that match where you do a long chin lock. The matches are all the same until whatever they do at the end with their, uh, their near falls. But uh, you, you know when you watch an Austin Theory match, you're going to get that long, boring chin lock. Same thing in a Randy Orton match. Some people don't like watching Randy Orton for the same reason. I think Randy Orton is a, is a great worker, I think he largely has great matches, but everybody knows when you watch a Randy Orton match, you are in fact going to get a long chin lock. Now, the difference is, he makes it look like he's actually killing the guy, whereas Austin Theory looks like someone's going to have to wake him up. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. Okay.
3: Yes. Sure. So Dexter wants to kill Mike Mazanin. why? What will he do after he kills him? Is he even a wrestler? I don't know. That segment sucked.
4: Why? I just want him to go back to NXT and hang out with Indy. Like, what What would be so wrong with that? But Bring her I up! get it. What? Bring, Bring her, her up. up! That's fine! <laughs> Indian this is, part of your, is this part of your, it's a piece of crap, but uh, it doesn't matter since it's on the mid-card? I don't want to see Indy Hartwell on, NXT, on WWE's main show. On Raw, come on. I mean, it's a good act, and I like it, but like... It's an NXT level act. If you're going to move Raw forward, there is a place for comic relief. But, I mean, the indie Dexter thing works much better down there. And let's be frank about it. He's a much bigger fish in that pond. And she's much better as far as in the ring compared to the others on that show, than almost anywhere else. I mean, come on. There is no need to do this. It really isn't. And I get that they're trying to do something. You don't bring Karrion Cross back. You don't bring Braun back. You don't bring Dexter Loomis back, these types of characters, and not try to do something with them on the main roster. But I thought the something would be... A lot better than what they're doing now with Miz and basically him doing the same type of thing he was doing in NXT just without the indie angle or that thing to go home to. So I don't really like any of it. I don't get it. I don't see how Miz is supposed to be a bad guy in this. What is Dexter actually doing there? Why did was he able to drag people out? Why haven't we heard about anybody doing anything inside the building to stop this guy who has interfered in main event matches and kidnapped people? It's like all of that logical stuff, and I'll take some of it being thrown out the window, but all of it is a big question mark of, like, what is this? Where is it going other than to fill some time on Raw? I mean, what's the ultimate goal in this? He's holding... The kids and and Maurice hostage, like, you know, I I take it for what it's worth. I I don't think much of it, but I don't believe bringing Indy up to be his, you know, crazy girlfriend is going to be the answer to the problem either.
3: Well, I mean, here's here's the thing. They're not sending Dexter back down NXT. He's on a main roster contract.
4: (laughs) So here's the thing. You don't have to bring her up. Well, you could end this right now. You could actually end
3: it quickly. I have seen the index stuff. And I have seen the stuff they're doing with Miz, and I'm sorry, but the Index stuff was better. And she doesn't need to wrestle on every show, but if you do that and you build towards, hey, listen, if you have Miz and Maurice versus Index, at least I know what they're, what they're doing and why and where they're going. Right now, we got this guy that apparently is trying to kill the Miz. He had a knife yesterday. He had a sharp knife, and he tried to pull him into a hole so I guess he could just like stab him repeatedly. Thankfully, Miz escaped. I have sympathy for Miz, which I don't think is the intent. And I have no idea where it's going. We have no idea why he's mad at the guy. It's just one horrible segment after another, week after week. It sucks. It's horrible. Mm. This person says, If you expected masterclass storytelling from Triple H, remember, it's the same guy who booked seven heel factions at the same time in NXT just last year. That's a little bit overkill. He's done surface-level changes in WWE, which a chimpanzee could have figured out once Vince left. Hey, listen, the show's better. But I am sick of the same stuff on every show already. Honeymoon period's over. I'm glad that you. That didn't and...
4: take long, did it?
3: No. No. I'm glad you and Dave are seeing the light of the Triple H redundant booking, where it's all interference, all heel factions running wild. He has a pattern. He won't change. It's already getting old. DJ Convoy must be happy today! That's not from DJ, by the way. It's from old Hamish. (laughs) He didn't just send in a gimmick text.
4: Did you say Hamish? Yeah, remember Hamish? Yeah, well, how's his... uh, Wrestling training? I've heard a thing.
3: How's Hmm. your wrestling training going, Hamish? Let us know. Let's see. Uh, Not to mention U.S. champion Bobby Lashley got help to beat Seth Rollins. That doesn't get your champion over if there's going to be interference in every match. Listen. I'm not opposed to interference every now and then. Like, you gotta book storylines and matches. If if you do a match and you know, Seth Rollins costs Riddle the match with an interference or whatever, okay, fine. Now you've set up a feud between the two. Now we know why they're feuding. You don't need to continue the interference with each guy in every single solitary match afterwards. We know why the match is happening. We're done! Back in a moment, Observer Live.
1: That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price participation
0: may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii.
1: Hi, Tom Bodette here, thinking about road tripping to the
4: family reunion. Potato salad, doing battle with the sun, dog crawling all over the cousins, and nothing brings us closer than someone squished in the middle seat. Well, it's a good thing Motel 6 has clean, comfortable rooms at a great low rate. They'll get you out of that minivan so the kids can get all spiffed up before grandma starts pinching their cheeks. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer
3: Live. Mike Sempervivi also wrestlingobserver.com. So, Raw opened with Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins, which who they gave 20 minutes to. And it was good, but there was not a lot of heat. And uh, the finish sucked. Riddle's music played, Seth Rollins was distracted, Lashley speared him, and pinned him. It's too bad, because like, that's the ultimate review of the match. But like, it was a good match! But no one talks about the good match, because the finish sucked. So there was that. We had damage control. This is the other thing that they do now. This is another Triple H trope. Teams come out, they talk for ten minutes to set up a match immediately. And uh, that's what happened here. Bailey Dakota EO come out. They talk, talk, talk. Belair, Austin, Bliss come out. They talk, talk, talk. And uh, Bliss challenges Bailey, and then uh, that's it. Matches the main event for the evening. Kevin Owens, Austin Theory, thirteen minutes. They had a good match. Kevin Owens was great in this match, and uh, the near falls at the end were pretty good. And then the finish sucked. Johnny Gargano showed up. He distracted Austin Theory. Kevin Owens hit him with a power bomb and pinned him, and uh, exact same thing that we saw in the opening match, and then Gargano dropped the briefcase on Theory's ding dong. Yeah. Riddle did a promo and uh, talked about the match he's gonna have with Rey Mysterio. We had video packages for Roman and Logan Paul, and then Ridge Holland and Butch came out and they talked and talked and talked. The Street Profits came out, and they talked and talked and talked. And this led to a match, which went 15 minutes. Now, good match. And not only was it a good match, but since the brawling Brutes are challenging for the tag team titles on Friday, they actually won clean without outside interference. Took 90 minutes to get to that point, but did all their near falls at the end, and Dawkins made a great comeback, and Ford looked good, big flip-dive to the outside. But then finally he went up top, and Butch snapped Ford's fingers. a double team Dawkins. They pinned him. They're on their way to a tag title shot on SmackDown. We had Ray very sad about what had happened with Dominic. He hopes he comes home. We had a Gable and Otis segment with Gargano. They were uh, intimidating him when Kevin Owens showed up. So the Heels challenged for a match next week, and Kevin Owens said, Great! We're in my home country of Canada! And so Chad Gable tried to delay it a week, because then they'd be in his hometown. And no one said, you you said next week, so we're doing next week. And eventually they all agreed, and so uh, next week will be their big match. Judgment Day promo. They came out, and they talked and talked. There was a difference here, and that is that they gave the mic so that Dominic could do a promo, and this bro was booed out of the building. The heat for Dominic Mysterio just standing there. So whatever you think about Dominic, like the people love Rey Mysterio so much that Dominic actually has heat. They probably really hate the guy too, for all I know. But one way or the other, they booed this guy more than anybody else on the show by miles. And this led to a match. It was Finn Balor and Damian Priest against Ray and Riddle. They gave them 17 minutes, and you'll never guess outside appearance. Uh, Ray Mysterio was out there, and Dom told Ray to hit him with the chair. Ray just couldn't do it. So he slides back in the ring, sling blade, coup de grace pinned. And then the heels laugh and celebrate. We had a pull apart brawl with Rollins and Riddle. Rollins told Riddle, We can have any rematch you want. So Riddle says, well, we're going to do it in the fight pit. They then cut to the announcers. And then Jimmy Smith goes, this was a bad call by Seth Rollins. Matt Riddle used to fight for a living. The other blokes are doing fake stuff. Riddle used to actually
4: fight. So Seth's in trouble in this fight pit. Of Lance pointing that out, like if you're in a wrestling ring and this is what you do for a living, or, you know, isn't you? Don't you fight for a living? I mean, that's what you do. Eh, everybody does it, but this is special.
3: Miz is in the ring, and uh, he's supposed to be a heel, but he's he's talking about this. Dextromis, he goes, I just want to know why is this guy targeting me? What's going on? I'm like, yes, thank you, Miz. What's? Gr-? And then you see a a, a freaking knife, a knife come out from underneath the ring cuts the big hole Dexter can't get out of this hole which was also funny he finally pops his head out like 10 minutes later and then Miz you know he could just run away but somehow he's sucked towards the hole uh, Dexter gets a hold of him he's saved then Dexter gets a hold of Tommaso Tommaso's saved they like I think they hit Dexter with a mic he's like some wild animal no security you know nobody out there to protect the guy from the bloke with the hunting knife ridiculous stupid horrible in a finn Balor aj segment finn Balor wants aj to join the judgment day aj does not seem to be interested but finn does tell him i've never turned on you i've never turned my back on you and the offer stands and then the main event was bailey and alexa bliss they gave them 15 minutes in bailey's hometown it's like nobody cares about alexa there were, let's go, Bailey. Bailey sucks chance, but there were no chance for Alexa. And she's just in there. And I think this is the storyline, but I mean, it's just weird. She's out there wrestling like she wants to be anywhere but in the ring. And it's just, it's like pulling teeth watching 15 minutes of this. And Corey Graves is burying her. Like, she's got no fire. She's been nothing since she came back. And then the other announcers are like, it'd be a huge win if Bailey beats Alexa. one announcer is telling us how much she sucks and the other ones are telling us oh man if only someone could beat her and it's just going through the motions and I don't know what's going on it seems like it's a storyline but who knows and uh you guys want to guess outside interference all of the women get in a fight and uh there's distraction Kai distracts uh, Bliss and then uh, Bailey hits the rose plant pins her and then uh, and then, there's three heels and three babyfaces. So the three babyfaces hit the ring. The three heels beat them up one at a time. And the announcers say, they just can't, they just can't, this one-on-three disadvantage. I'm like, it's three-on-three. Three. And then last night Dave goes, well, it's three-on-three, three, but they beat him up one at a time. It's still three-on-three! Three! There's no disadvantage! It was a fair fight, and the baby faces got their uh, tushies <laughs> kicked. And then Bailey says she wants Bel Air at Extreme Rules. There you go. Oh, man. It was a was show. It... it was there.
4: The ma- Bray... the wrestling was good until the bad finishes. I don't know. Bray, Bray Wyatt's Funhouse. Was there a, a hookah smoking caterpillar in there? Probably. Was there, was there a dormouse? I'm sure because there are all sorts of animals. Is Alexa going to find a pill to make her 10 feet tall? God, in if, the, if
3: they're bringing back the fiend and she's going to go back to the female fiend, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't look, take it.
4: Every interview that she has had, seemingly, where she has talked about what it's like being back, and this is now crossed over into the story, too, of she doesn't feel comfortable, feels like there's something missing. Again, whatever it is, I, I think reality has blended somewhat because they have been, and she's not the only one. They have been rudderless with her and a couple other people for a while, and she's just been existing. And I have a feeling that all of that is now turning into, when you're burying somebody on commentary like that, it's for a reason. And she's still carrying around the doll. And, you know, they're, they're going, leaning so hard into this White Rabbit thing, into the Bray Wyatt thing, and I guess they did that something with Hangman you know, who killed the world, you did, and all this other stuff. If it's not leading to that, I don't know where this is leading, because she hasn't seemed to change all that much. She seemed to really like the character. And if you're bringing back Bray Wyatt, I mean, again, and you're not going to do anything with Alexa Bliss that completely separates her from that world, and they never have since she's been back, she's probably ready for that world again.
3: You know, I uh, I keep hearing over and over again, and it, it's true, but... I got a larger point. Well, you know, they sell a lot of dolls.
4: Do they really? Well, here's I the point. They, I guess they do. Let's but... imagine
3: they do, okay? Is this Vince and Linda running little shows out a Cape Cod? Like, bro, do you know how much money they're going to gross this year? Over a billion dollars, okay? How much are they making off these dolls? Is this really what's going to put him in the black? No. I'm sure you're selling dolls. But you know what? I'm a grown man watching a television show where a grown woman is walking around with a doll. And she's standing there holding a doll. And she's trying to cut a mean promo on Bailey while she's holding a doll and i don't buy a second of it i don't care i don't care about the match bro she's carrying a doll how
4: tough and mean can you be when you're carrying a doll i still think they missed their mark years ago when they actually had otis and tucker together You could have had a doll, because this would have been straight out of the eighties in Vince McMahon. You pull the string and it's just Otis and he starts to shake and it's like, and it's just a bunch of like Otis Otis isms, like shakes and weights and all that sort of stuff. Like, to me, that's a pro wrestling doll right there. You know, there was like, oh
3: well, you know, if you took your daughter to the show, she'd want the doll. Well, you know what? If Alexa Bliss had like a, a bead necklace with like shiny beads, she'd want that too If Alexa had some cool gloves with, like, shiny stuff on them, she'd want that, too. They're kids. It doesn't have to be a doll. (laughs) Have Alexa come to the ring with a headband on and then sell the headband. Like, oh, man, we can't figure out any way to make money off Alexa Bliss except
4: her carrying a doll to the ring. Nikki and Brie Bella were incredible, uh, incredibly popular and incredible merchandise movers. I don't remember them coming out with a doll. They didn't, so they didn't have to walk
3: around with a doll.
4: <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of things you can do to sell to little children.
3: Children <laughs> like anything. Well, Do you, know, you have children, true. everybody? Anybody no, who no. says, oh, if you brought your. You don't have children, okay? If you have kids, you know that you go to the merchandise stand, and if there's something shiny there, they're going to want it. Well,.
4: Look, I don't know about that, but kids are a lot like cats, too, where it's like, boy, you get all these toys, and you think that's going to be the thing. Oh, look at this. And then they'll actually gravitate towards something else. So I know what you're saying. They just, want, one. They just want gimmicks. Yeah. And trust me. Don't we all? If you, if you gave
3: anybody, any human being living on this earth, five minutes to come up with ten gimmicks that you could sell related to Alexa Bliss, they'd come up with 20.
4: She doesn't need should to go we to the, do ring that during the break? carrying a doll. Maybe we should come up with Alexa Bliss gimmicks during the break. Everybody who is online right now, that's what you should be doing. Tweet Brian if you're in the chat right now. Put it in there. What gimmick, what gimmicks could you give Alexa Bliss to sell that don't require a doll that would be better than what she's doing I'll right now? I'll only read the ones from my super followers. I won't do that.
3: Where do, you, where, where do you find those you uh, But hey, my Twitter followers, super followers, you know they're going to get tonight? Behind the who scenes of the Brian and Vinny and Granny and Craig show. I'm going to sit right here and I'm going to film what's going on. Granny on the gimmick right there and Vinny over there, half asleep. You all get to see that. A special video for my Twitter super followers. You putting pants on for this one then, I hope? The other day I was in shorts, but I didn't show that part when I did the last video. It's hot in here. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Oh,
1: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See OpenRoadLending.com for details.
0: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: The other thing about dolls, I got more. All right. Listen, Paisley is sick. She loves dolls, okay? I take Paisley to SmackDown. We walk by the uh, uh, whatever merch stand. She sees an Alexa Bliss doll. She goes, I want that doll. (sighs) I buy it. She doesn't need to see Alexa holding the doll in order to want the doll that she sees at the merch stand. She loves Mickey Mouse, okay? I go to the store, there's a Mickey Mouse doll. She wants the doll. Does she need to see Mickey Mouse carrying a doll of himself on the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse to want the doll? No, she wants the Mickey Mouse doll. You can sell an Alexa Bliss doll without having a 30-something-year-old woman walking around in a schoolgirl outfit carrying a doll. THAT'S WEIRD! I'M SORRY! AM I WRONG?! AND IF I AM, I DON'T WANT TO HEAR
4: ABOUT IT! Uh, Did we get any ideas from anybody? I didn't even bother.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Brian's never been to an anime convention. You're right! That's you're it. <laughs> right.
4: He just sticks to the uh, first. That is That's a
3: streak it. that I am not going to break.
4: You sure? Why yes, not? I'm positive. Would you go to a, a Mickey Mouse convention? To take the uh, kids if they wanted to go. Bro, you
3: think I wouldn't take my kids to Disney World? Think again. Because trust me, be ready. Solo shows coming up later this year. Oh, you're getting, okay, you can. Oh, good. you get back, COVID boat. It's time. <laughs> not on the boat this time. Thank God. Not on the boat. I mean, the Disney Cruise was fun and everything like that, but... So I'm going to have a mini Disney on a boat. Or I could go to the giant Disney with like four parks? Yes. For less. I'm paying more to be on something that could sink. That makes sense to me. I don't know, but if Florida does, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Sorry, Florida. Bye, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live.